Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, everyone. This is Baseball is Good. This is my 15th episode. I'm Corey Englehart, and I'm uh, hosting the show, Baseball is Good. Like I said, I'm waiting for my guest, to call in this evening. Um, we'll get to him and his introduction and what he does when he's able to call in. But um, I, I guess before anything else starts, I um, this past week I've, I've had a fun uh, interaction and um, history lesson, I guess, and, and um, learning opportunity speaking with the Heritage Center, which is the name for the World Minnesota um, History Museum. Um, I, I emailed them late last week because my grandpa, who my younger son, Clayton, is named after, and I, I knew my grandpa played baseball in World um, and and other places in college and in high school and grew up there and I, I was curious if there was any record of of that time when he played uh baseball as a youth member and i i was very excited and happy to find out that uh they had some some information and and the woman i've been talking with has said that she's going to go through the information and find more as she can but um it's been really interesting to to find and see the information they've been able to uncover and and send to me just just from a simple email request asking for anything they can find on on my grandpa who um who I always looked up to as 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 my um at least in my in as my youth he was my um kind of kind of sports role model in a sense so to see a photo that they've sent and some other just documentation from that time going over um the team he played on and and I'll be honest the the information they've sent so far is mostly um when my grandpa my mom's but was already into his 30s at that point so it wasn't when he was super younger in high school which I'm still I'm still hoping to find more information on but he was into his 30s low 30s um but it's been fun to see the the team photo that's been sent which I shared on Facebook the team um the photo itself had uh the lineup like back row front row listed so reading up on those players and then there's been some documentation that's it's hard to read so I haven't shared it on Facebook or anything but it's been interesting reading about that team from when he was a not much younger than I am now and just comparing it to that but um 
yeah, I will get more into that later. I'm I'm actually working on maybe setting up a web page, but I see that my friend Nick is has called in, so I'm going to bring him on and we can get the show started with him. So uh, let's see if we can get this set up. Nick, are you there? Good evening, pal. How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? Doing wonderful. Yeah, sorry. I, I was just a titch late probably in, in starting the show. Uh, as, as you know, dad duty sometimes gets in the way and uh, kind of rolled out of time. But I, I'm, I'm really happy to be uh, joining you and uh, talking a little bit about, you know, baseball life and, and everything else that goes along with it. So uh, very, very cool to, to, to be along with you tonight. And hopefully uh, everybody has some fun with us, too. Yeah, that's that's the whole point of this in a lot of ways. Uh, I, I kind of started this just as like I view baseball in a sense as kind of how I view life as a as a greater whole of it all and and you learn you know life lessons from it and uh how to how to lose graciously and and take that all in and um also just the love of the sport and i i appreciate you being able to come on and and find this time for me i know dad duty can is obviously number one so i appreciate you finding the time for this no absolutely it's it's, it's a, a great night to talk baseball especially when uh well, lately, well, our, our twins have been playing so well, and I think for any of us Minnesota baseball fans especially, it's something we've really been waiting for, Corey, I think, is just to, to get back to relevance in, in Major League Baseball. I know there's all sorts of other avenues that, that us baseball fans, when the twins aren't exactly elite, uh, that we could fill our baseball needs with. I mean, obviously with <laughs> amateur baseball that you and I have both been a part of, uh, for many years, or, or or even you know, you go to a Saints game, or or, uh, or or just go to a college game, you know, early in the season, and you go out to Seabird Field and watch, you know, the Gophers play, or, or whatever it might be. Uh, but but I, I really think, Core, right now, I mean, just having the Twins back in relevancy once again, and everybody talking, I, I think that in Minnesota anyway, it's really brought in baseball back to the forefront. And you and I both know too that that Minnesota. It is, it's, a, it's a hockey state. It really is. But we also know that when the Twins or the Vikings or the Timberwolves or the Gophers and any of their you know, different avenues of sports that they have, when they're playing well and they're winning, it just seems like you know us in Minnesota especially, and you know me as a homer, that, that's exactly what I am. <laughs> I love all of our Minnesota sports, and I wear those, those colors on my sleeves, and I bleed it every day and night. And anybody that follows me on Twitter or we're friends on Facebook or whatever, you see that every day. But, but I think and now having baseball back in the forefront again, Corey, it's so cool for guys like you and I and really everybody out there listening that loves the game as much as we do. Agreed. Well, I, I was talking about this with just a friend at work. Like, it's interesting having the Twins be relevant. This, it's September 14th today. Be relevant and wanting to talk about them this late in the year when the Vikings have already played a game and have, have had their preseason. And But usually the last at least like six, seven, eight years, maybe not that long, but at least the last six years, the Vikings have been what – you've talked about after about June 10th or so because baseball, at least professionally, isn't relevant after that point. It's been, it's been really fun to have the twins win and, and be holding a um, right now it's a one game playoff spot potentially, but it's a playoff <laughs> spot and that's been exciting to watch. It's been fun to, to get behind. Every night has been a, some sort of an adventure, right? I mean, 
you look at as people you know are listening tonight last night 10:35 at night you know we all have to get up in the morning and go to our respective offices workplaces whatever it might be but we were all captivated by Eddie Rosario coming up to the plate with a man on you know and everybody that was there at Target Field you know that stayed the whole time was treated to seeing a, a, a Babe Ruth-esque swing out of the shoes. It was a playground swing, Corey. And, and to see that in a, in a pennant race, how cool was that, man? I mean, I mean, for all of us to be able to experience that this late in the season, when usually we're talking about, you know, who's going to be playing quarterback or, or what's Adrian Peterson doing or why is he whining on the sidelines of the Saints, of the, of the Saints now and, and all that. That should be the yeah. forefront right now in Minnesota. But it's not – and, and I love it, man. And, and, and we just hope it continues. Like I said, man, we, you know, right when you think that, you know, you, the team might go on a three game losing streak and half the world might count them out for dead. They come back and win five in a row and in, in an unthinkable fashion and, and, and just keeping us all captivated. It's just been an amazing run. And, and you and I and everybody else hope this, this can just continue even a few days, a few weeks longer. We'll, we'll take every last bit of relevant baseball we can get in September. Well, yeah, that's that's been interesting too. You and I have have chatted in the last month or two just about the Twins online. Uh, one of the things we mentioned is how um, it's been unique in a sense that the Twins have played almost better since they've traded off the veterans that they did, who were <laughs> on the uh, the last years of their deal in Jaime Garcia and and Brandon Kinsler. It's it's, it's kind of interesting that. At the time, August 1st or 2nd comes around and those guys are traded, it, it seemed, I don't know if a white flag is the way you want to describe it, but it certainly seemed like the team was saying they weren't ready to say they were a playoff team at that point. And, and then they went in one, uh, I, I believe, team record 20 games in the in a month, in the month of August, and have played better since those deals have been made. And I've heard the comparison to major league in that sense. And it's just, it's been interesting to follow. Like they've traded off veterans and played better. And, and maybe that's part of the fun of the team too. I, I, what are your thoughts about that? Well, I, you and I both know when they, when they traded Brandon Kinsler, I was the first, you know, twins Homer to, to, to fall off the cliff because, Oh my gosh, we're losing our closer. The sky is falling. The Garcia thing didn't bother me that much. Well, it did. It was more of a funny thing. I think for me as like, Oh, he, he comes and he starts one game and he's gone, you know, great. We got some, uh, you know, you know, the, the prospect bit out of the deal. Okay, cool. You know, we'll take it. Dietrich ends, you know, left-hander. Hey, it's a lefty with a pulse and he's a young guy. I'll deal with that. But when we lost Kinsler, I'm going, is this the type of message that the new brass really wants to send guys like me that, I mean, let's be honest, you're a little more philosophical about the game than I am. I, I, I'm, I'm more of a, a very, a very quick reactor to things like this. And then with Kinsler leaving and he was, you know, I mean, when you have somebody who is so close to being 
a provincial Minnesotan, like Kinsler kind of was becoming. He was like adopted. He became one of us. He was one of those success stories that us in Minnesota, we love and we gravitate towards a guy that played independent <laughs> ball. Some of us remember him with the Saints. And, and then all of a sudden he's our closer. And how cool is this? And he becomes an all-star. And then, oh, and then he's gone. Well, what the heck? You know, and, and yeah, we got, uh, uh, you know, again, good prospect out of the deal. But but I was really frustrated thinking, boy, you know, our our bullpen already. And, again, I use the word R because, again, homeristic. Uh, the twins are R to me. Not not having somebody at the end of the game that was not named Matt Belisle at the time was really scary because mm-hmm. Belisle was not pitching well. His ERA was nine plus, no. you know, even around the All Star break, and it was like, is this the guy we want to throw out there? And then you know, Paul was given the whole, you know, uh, the, the company line. Well, we might do it by committee, and Rogers might get this, and and then all of a sudden, this Trevor Hildenberger comes out of nowhere, sidearm and a knee check. Quisenberry combo-esque and then he comes back with this over-the-top fastball at 93 and you're going why why who's this guy and 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 then we start building a little bit of a bullpen Rogers has been fairly serviceable even a guy like Buddy Boshears who I've been you know breaking his back for two seasons just I won't jump off of him and and he's even pitched fairly well at times and even though he's been shuttling back and forth you know on the bus from Rochester so you know, for what for what we've got and what we've had to work with and, and the success that they've had, I think is a collective Minnesota. I don't think our bullpen is, is really that awful. And even though we lost Kinsler and Garcia, I, I, I think that at the time, anybody that, you know, like I said, admittedly myself included, jumped off a, a little bit of a cliff there. You know, I, I wouldn't have blamed it, but but now we're seeing the, the reality of the bit. And we've even, we've even seen Dietrich Enns already, already pitching the, in the majors. I mean, he came up and gave us a little peek. I mean, he might be okay, you know, eventually in a, a stopgap, Brian Dunsing-esque kind of a role maybe, but, um, you know, kind of a swing man or whatever eventually. But, uh, you know, hey, you know, it, it's something maybe we didn't have beforehand and, and uh, what's his name? Is it, is it Littell or Linnell? I, I forgot what his, yep, his, his Littell, last name yep. was. The kid that we got, right? right. And he, he's projected to be a little bit better arm overall. So, I, and yeah, cool. You know, we traded some guys. But you know what? It doesn't matter now because we're still in contention. And, and let's be honest, man, Matt Belisle has been pretty darn good. You know, give him he's credit. Really I was again the trade. He has been really good. That's true. And before and that. And he's a yeah. clubhouse leader. You know, the, the guys mm-hmm. gravitate to him. He's that he's that prototypical crazy crusty uncle that plays ball. He won't give it up. <laughs> he always has that little dip of red band in the lip, and you can't get it away from him. And, you know, he's he's the guy that, you know, he he, he brings – he's always that guy that has the bologna sandwich and a bag of chips in his, in his bullpen bag, you know. that That's the type of pitcher he is, and that's really why I love Matt Belisle. And, and, and like I said, Hildenberger. And, and, and man, the, the lefty getting Taylor Rogers, getting what we've gotten out of him so far I mean man I mean he's really turning into a to a great seventh slash eighth inning guy depending on where he eventually you know sets up down the line but man oh man I you know I really like our pen right now even as we get towards a potential run into what could be a wild card postseason type of run so you know it's going to be a lot of fun and and hopefully our bullpen can, can continue to do what what they've been doing here so far and uh and hopefully we can continue to to ride those arms from here until uh hopefully sometime into october agreed well uh I I asked you on, and I I don't think I've actually fully very well explained who you are and how we know each other. So I think if we're going to start by explaining who you are, I think you're going to do that better than I I can. So 
what is your name? <laughs> Where are you from? What do you do? Let's start with that, and we can we can go from there. Well, first of all, um, my name my name. <laughs> Let's start with that. Uh, Nick Tuck, yeah. Nick Tuckner at Tuck Sports. If uh, any of you folks that are listening on Twitter, sure, follow me and, and know me more as uh, as Tuck Sports. Um, but yeah, that that's uh, my Twitter handle. But no, I'm. I'm the uh, the sports director at Kitty WH, a little AM station down in Hastings, which is my hometown, and I, I will uh, admit that right now, so everybody knows full disclosure that I am a born and raised Raider, so I have a little bit of a an advantage <laughs> when it comes to to, to, to my position uh, as sports director down here. But but I cover the primarily high school sports, um, you know, from fall all the way through the spring, and then you know you get into the summertime, and of course we have so many amateur baseball teams around here that are that are that are so awesome. Meesville just won a second straight Class B state championship, and, and we broadcast yeah, all their. Yeah, you know, I don't say all of the. It, well, what a great field! You know, the field of dreams, mm-hmm. and and, uh, and in in my uh, in my long playing career, I actually had a chance to play a couple of years out there, and and actually be a mud hen mm-hmm. and, and kind of see what that is all about, and and what what a tremendous uh, what thing that was. But uh, but but besides though, the whole sports director stuff, you know, obviously doing play by play for uh, Hastings Raider athletics, you know, doing football right now, some soccer, uh, volleyball, even believe it or not, volleyball broadcast. <laughs> yes, I do uh, talk about bump sets and spikes, but yeah, that that, and then of course, you know, this is my first <laughs> my first year not uh, not not playing baseball, uh, organized baseball since uh, you, you know that I was five years old. Every year other than that. I've always played some sort of baseball, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, amateur baseball or, or even, you know, you get into slow, slow pitch softball and stuff, but really amateur baseball since I've been 19 years old. And I've, I've played every year, and this is my first year, again, kind of, uh, you know, steering away from playing, but, um, you know, played my last couple of years with, with the Hastings Hawks here in my own hometown. It was a little bit more convenient I, I should say to uh to be able to be closer to home and and whatnot but not saying cottage girls wasn't closer to home but playing you know 13 years with those guys and, and some of my best friends and of course playing with yourself and and so many great great baseball men over the years and and uh you know playing in cottage Grove is something special we started out as the jnh the st paul river bandits we played in st paul league for a year and then uh quote sure. unquote moved uh, moved to Cottage Grove, um, made Woodridge Park our, our home, and, and you know as well as I do that Woodridge Park is is a band box, if not a a, a fish a, a sardine can to, to, to hit balls out of, and as a <laughs> slow least, yeah. uh, slow <laughs> slow tossing left-handed pitcher that if you leave a 52 mile an hour curveball up in anybody's zone, I don't care what league you're playing and it's going to go a long ways and, and hit, hit into somebody's backyard, uh, right around 90th street. So it was, it was a lot of fun playing there. We won a couple championships and, um, you know, it, it was just a, a fantastic feeling to, to win a championship and, and, uh, in, in, in the twin cities, uh, men's amateur baseball league, kind of the, the second, uh, the second wave of, of teams you, know, you hear about the Minnesota baseball association, their A, B and C. Well, the TCM, uh, MABL is, is uh, kind of its own deal with teams across the state. And it's a nationally recognized uh, league that, that eventually uh, you can play in a national tournament. You can go down to Arizona and play in late in the, late in the year in the winter time. It really is a cool league. And uh, the Coyotes as an, as an organization have now won two of the, uh, the TCMABL championships and uh, being part of uh, just one of them. 
was was an absolute honor, and those guys are are always going to hold a special spot. And, and you know, I mean, that there's nothing better than going out uh, with that group of guys and then just being able to share the lines with them for seven to nine innings, depending on the league we played in, and telling sure. stories from the week and, and and lying a little bit about them. And and it was uh, it was always a lot of fun. So it was it was uh, it was always a blast. So yeah, playing playing for the Coyotes was definitely my best experience. Of, uh, of what was an awesome baseball career. So that kind of sums it up a little bit. I'm a big hockey guy, too, a big football guy. I'm a big Minnesota sure. sports guy, as I kind of said earlier with you. So, um, you know, Minnesota is a big deal, and I can't wait for winter. Obviously, a lot of people liking this warm weather right now. I'm I'm waiting for uh, hockey weather. It'd be, it'd be kind of nice yeah, right now. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> so, yeah, agreed. man, so that, that, that's kind of what's up. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, I fully know about Cutters Grove. I grew up right on Woodridge Park. I, I, I could see it from my uh, bedroom window, frankly. So it was nice having that option to be <laughs> that close. And I, I think I only played for that Coyotes for maybe a year or two. And then I know I moved out to Massachusetts for a little bit to work for a baseball team out there too. And then coming back, I, I, I didn't play baseball for a year, a few years and didn't um, pick it up again until I was about 31 or two. In a in a different right. league, just because I lived in St. Paul at that point, but see, uh, baseball in a sense for me has been sort of a drug that I haven't been able to kick, I guess more more than a lot of ways. And I um, I kind of feel like this last year I played in a 35 and older league um, for the second year, and my shoulders finally saying after the one shoulder surgery I probably shouldn't do it anymore. But I, I don't know that I'm 100 percent ready to give it up yet. I just it's hard to it's hard to say like your mind kind of always thinks you're seventeen eighteen and can recover from anything, and then your body I feel like reminds you that that's not the case, and maybe that's the way it is, I don't know, but <laughs> that's how I look you know, at it, 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 it I guess when the arm starts to bark or the shoulder starts to bark, usually you know your your body will tell you but you know what those 35 and over leagues you know i i think that those are such a cool avenue for guys that are our age now that mm-hmm. maybe don't i don't want to say don't feel like they could play with the younger guys anymore but the guys that might have the the monday through friday sometimes saturday jobs or work two jobs and and have a couple kids is you know the schedules for those leagues are so much more lenient and, and sometimes you know Sundays or, or a Wednesday night and they're always a certain night it makes it really easy for guys like us and you know even if we don't play that much or our shoulder hurts or our elbow hurts or you know our hips don't mm-hmm. work the way that they used to we don't run as fast as we used to just just to be able to be on the bench with the boys or or chew seeds and spit gum at everybody and and, and like I said man tell the tell the war stories of even the week man I mean <laughs> We're all yep. we're all older. They're they're not about you know chasing girls and, and 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 what we did during the weekend anymore. Now they're about you know which kid threw up on whose shoe or or or, or what yeah. our kids did at hockey the week before or or or, or what you got your wife for for Christmas. I mean it's something like that. That's what we talk about now, mm-hmm. and that's just as fun as it was when we were younger. So those thirty five and older leagues, I can't wait to eventually play in in some of those too. But um, did, I, I'm not going to say right now that, that, that Brett Favre and me isn't saying that I, I think that I can give it one more go uh, in the big leagues one more time and see if anybody needs a, a washed-up junk ball or left-hander that can maybe get one over for uh, an inning or two. So <laughs> we'll have to wait. We'll have to wait for that and see if uh, the old wheels hang up here through a, a, a year of off-season training. And uh, if that goes well, then I'll have to start negotiating with my wife and my son. So 
we'll talk about that sure. when it gets well, closer to that time. But <laughs> well, yeah. when do you turn thirty-five? It's got to be fairly soon, right? In the next year well, or what, so. What, what, when when do I turn thirty seven? Now that's next. That's next 37. week. Thirty <laughs> seven. That's what I thought. I thought you said you hadn't played in the thirty five leagues because I figured it would have been because of age. So you'll be thirty seven soon. Yeah, you're you're my age. I'll turn thirty seven in not that long either. So that's why I assumed you hadn't played in the thirty five league. I apologize. No, no, no. It was just it was fun playing in Hastings for a couple of years, just to just just to be close to home, but still have that. You know, there's something about competing for a state championship or whatever it might be that yeah. that drives you. And I don't want to, and like I said, I don't want to take anything away from a 30, 35 and over league or a different kind of a league. But when you're chasing a state championship and then going up to a green aisle or a Hamburg or someplace like, yep. like we said, with me still winning their second consecutive class B state championship this year, that when you see some of your buddies, some guys that you played with, some guys that you played against some young blossoming talent, and you see those guys hold up the big trophy, and and you feel like you even have a little bit left that you could give <laughs> on the field, yes. But even like 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 we've seen, like I talked about a guy like Matt Belial. If you got something mm-hmm. that's an intangible gift, a gift of gab, a gift of picking young guys mm-hmm. up, a gift of of, yep. of of showing the game, the way of the game to younger guys, that uh, that that you, you there's always a room in baseball. I don't care what league you play in. If you're a good man, if you play the game the right way, there's going to be a spot for you some way, somewhere. So, yeah, man, I, there's nothing better than baseball, Corin. And, and when we get a chance to play, no matter what league it is, when we get a chance to get between the lines, uh, we're in our own, our own, you know, our own airspace. Like you said, it's a drug. You can't kick the habit. We never will be able to. You and I are going to be playing in 16 over leagues. You know this is going to happen. So, uh, it's going to be fun, well, I, man. I, I, I agree. I, I, that... I just. That's kind of what I found in in the last couple of years. I've been a part of the thirty five and up league. Um, it, it it seems like a third of the team, if not more than that, is sixty two and older, and then the other third yeah. is thirty five and older. If that makes sense, it's it's not like all thirty five, thirty six, thirty seven year olds that are on the team. It's fun to see. Frankly, the shortstop that was on my team this year was sixty two, and he was. Um, he didn't have as much power as a couple of the 35-year-olds, but he was probably our best <laughs> overall player, and it was just fun seeing him out there playing and competing compared to um, the young bucks, I guess you could say, com- <laughs> compared to him. And, and it was just a – like you said, it doesn't really matter the age or how fast you can run a 40 anymore or how fast your fastball is or anything like that. It's just if you can add something to a team, you're going to have a – spot somewhere and it's it, that is part of baseball in a sense and, and and you being the young guy now in that league again you know it brings you back to when you were a, a punk 18 year old kid and you wouldn't listen to that 25 year old <laughs> dude that's been to three you know amateur all-star games he's, he's got a state tournament mvp under his belt and you don't listen to it you know what i mean now you got these guys yep. where you're 36 37 and now you can sponge off of these guys who've done it mm-hmm. for as long as you've been living and then some i mean I I would just love to just put my feet up, I, you know, even even if I don't care if I'm playing or not, and just hear some of those stories that those guys had from, you know, at, at that time. Oh man, I mean, there's nothing mm-hmm. better than that. Well, yeah, I was actually, and I, I, I feel like you liked it too, but I was uh, right before you came on, I was talking about the the photo that I was lucky enough to find um, from World 
the World Minnesota Historical Society sending of my my grandpa from the team he played on when he was 31, 32, just to see that, like to compare that time. That's, that's what I'm wanting to do still. And that was my grandpa doing the same thing that we all did when he was in his thirties. And I'm hoping to find photos or, or other statistics or game logs or anything from when he was younger than that, but still just to have that connection to like your family or people you've been around who have done this for, 70 80 100 years played this uh sport that we've all created it's 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 fun to compare and have that connection i guess to people of of a lot of different ages in in many senses well knowing uh, a couple of years ago when my my great grandfather Irvin Rebelke when he passed away one of the things that i learned about him that unfortunately i never knew when he was alive was that he too played for the Meesville Mudhens and, and to, awesome. to hear that, and like yeah. I said, I mean, to, if I would have known that when I was younger, even when I played with the Hens, I mean, it, it would have been so crazy. And I don't know why that in, in, in our in our family that that never got brought up, or or or, or you know what I mean. And then to find out, mm-hmm. and it was back in you know in the in the 30s or whatever it might have been, and it's and you're thinking, my goodness, you know, my mm-hmm. great grandfather was a part of something that that has been an elite tradition for over a hundred years. And we've both worn that same pinstripe uniform, although it could be a 50, 60 yard spread or 60 year spread. And when that <laughs> happened, the, 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 yeah. the, the cool factor in finding that out, Corey is, is absolutely wonderful. And, and, and then, and then conversely down the road, one of their biggest rivals uh, of the mud hens is, is the Hampton Cardinals and the Hampton Cardinals. Mm-hmm. I don't want to say are owned, but but a lot of the Rhinardis, their last name is, um, is okay. they they all played for for Hampton, and a lot of those guys were from Hampton and New Trier, and New Trier was right next to Meesville, and and that would be a big rivalry too, was Meesville and and the Hampton Cardinals. Now the Rhinardis, okay. now my mom is a Rhinardi, so I have oh, cool. my mom, and that side is all Cardinal folks. Now, my, my, my great-grandpa, Irvin Rapelke, my dad's side, he was mud hen. So I have both birds in my blood. Isn't that, isn't that kind of a crazy deal? You talk about going back in the archives, yeah. and then you find out that your family was part of one of the biggest amateur baseball rivalries separated by Highway 61 slash 50. That's pretty darn yeah. cool, isn't it? That's awesome. I'd love, I'd love to hear that more. I think I need to buy you a beer or two or four at some point and, and hear more of that. Uh, maybe off air, maybe on air, who knows? I'd, I'd be up for that. But yeah, I guess to comparison, my, so my grandpa grew up in Warroad and my grandma, so this is my mom's side of the family. Um, right. She grew up in Roseau. So I know you said you're a hockey fan that probably those names probably uh, remind you of a, a few people that have come through that, that area of the world. Oh, and anything with War Road and Roseau in a in a sentence next to one another. I don't care if it's hockey, volleyball, football, tetherball, you 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 name whatever sport it is. Uh, that rivalry up there, uh, that's that's something else. So yeah, anything that's that's up in that area, I've heard a lot about it, especially when it comes to things <laughs> on the ice. So yeah, you are you are right on right there, no doubt about that. <laughs> Well, yeah, so I had a, I had a couple of questions for you uh, since you sent me uh, the link to, to kind of what you do on a daily basis. But um, 
you, you do, you are the sports director for KDWA out of Hastings, and there is an AM and an FM uh, reading for that. Can you, can mm-hmm. you list off the readings if people are wanting to find your, your radio station, and then we'll go from there? Sure, yeah, it's AM 1460, so if you go to the AM dial, kind of down the dial a lot of times, you know, we might bump up against 1500 if you're in the cities looking for uh, that particular sports avenue during your drive time <laughs> or whatnot, but uh, yeah, 1460 well, I, no on the AM one, side. No one's looking for that, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I didn't mention that at all. I have a very good buddy <laughs> who works up at, up, at, up at that particular station, so I, I, I sure. have to uh, uh, give him props uh, many a times, Manny Hill, of course, he's the producer for yeah. uh, Royce's uh, program. So, uh, but no, uh, um, AM 1460, and then in 97.7 FM, we added that uh, now two years ago, just about two years ago, oh, wow. and that is a simulcast on 97.7 FM. Now, eventually, we're going to be able to do things like on one have a Hastings football game at 7 p.m., but on the other station have the Prescott football game from across the river oh, cool. uh, later on or, or at that very same time. So we're going to eventually be able to do it. Um, but but rough for right now, and you know there's FCC rules and regulations and and, and, and trial periods and buffer periods that you got to abide by. So for the next uh, two more years, I believe is the number. I don't want to uh, give incorrect information, but I want to say that it, I think there's two more years. I think it's a total of four years before you can kind of split the signal. So uh, that is a way to do it. You can go to kdwa.com. That's our our website, and then that uh, that too. The when you go to the website, uh, you can kind of do do the on-demand thing. You know, I mean, you, we have updates on their actual stations. 20 minutes after every hour, they go about eight nine minutes. But you can always just go to the kdwa.com website. You don't have to wait until 20 minutes after the hour to do it. And then uh, you can listen there. And then we, you know, if you go to TuneIn Radio, I don't know if that's a competing uh, podcast or uh, entity, uh, <laughs> but they're an app, a free no, app. Uh, but t- no, but <laughs> TuneIn Radio, just just for comparison, I I, I use TuneIn a lot specifically for uh, affiliated minor league baseball games. Uh, there's most, at least the Twins affiliates are are pretty much all on TuneIn Radio, so I use that app for that purpose. But it's it's nice to have the KDWA option on there too. Well, if, if anybody's that, listening frankly. here, I, well, no, if anybody's listening here on, on Thursday night, I mean, if, and for you being, you know, park alum, it, it's Hastings park in football tomorrow night. First time in four years at Hastings oh, cool. park of played in football. So uh, that's the big one tomorrow night. We got, the, the whole Highway 61 corridor listening tomorrow night. That's going to be uh, the biggest game of the year. Both teams are one and one. So you and I both know, man, it doesn't matter the sport in that rivalry. Like we said with War Road and Roseau and any of these other rivalries, Hampton and Eastville, you get Park and Hastings in any sport, and it's going to be a good one. So I'm looking forward to that. So that that's something that, folks, if you're going to tune in on TuneIn, uh, or any of our other avenues. That's probably a great way to start and do it tomorrow at 7. We do a an almost an hour pregame, Corey. Oh, my goodness, for football. Uh, 6.05 okay. with the pregame. We we have about a 10-minute interview with our head coach, Dana Strain, every week. It goes in-depth. We have a lot of fun. So uh, hopefully people uh, that haven't checked out what I do uh, get a chance to do that tomorrow and and uh, and can have some fun with it. So that's kind of the, 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 the gist of, of actually KDWA, how that works and how folks can listen whenever they want my man sure well I, I i feel like the years that i went to high school for park um i i wouldn't have called hastings a rival just because um i don't i don't know that i see 
a rivalry as a as a team that if your if your team never beats another team, is it really a rivalry? <laughs> That's how I viewed Park football when I went there, and and I um, just from glancing at newspapers over the last couple of years, I know I know Park has won a couple of games here and there in the last couple of years more than I remember them doing when I was in high school. But what what do you <laughs> what do you sense will come of the game tomorrow? Is, is 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 Park able to give Hastings a game at this point? I really I I haven't followed high school football in a few years. Is it something that's not that there's gambling lines on it, but is it something that <laughs> Park can even stay on the field with Hastings, or what do you sense the game will? No, this 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 game is going to probably be decided by one possession. It might be the team who has the ball okay. last that ends up winning the game. I mean, uh, the, the Hastings Raiders they they won opening week thirteen six at home against a Henry Sibley team that coming into the season was ranked as one of the top offensive and defensive line units in all of five, a football in Minnesota. And that's coming off oh, a couple cool. of tough years. They've developed that, that, that line and that, that group for a while. And Hastings beat them at home uh, to open the year, but then they went on the road last week, lost seven, six to Hill Murray Ooh. and a team that, you know, they're coached by former Viking Pete Bursich, and, and that was yeah. a big win for, for, for those guys uh, up at Hill Murray because they oh, had a tough Bursich, couple of years of football. I thought it was uh, uh, quarterback guy. Sorry to interrupt. I thought it was um, Badger quarterback and Viking quarterback. Brooks Bollinger. No, no, he went back. Bollinger, yeah, yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, Bollinger went back to, I believe, and again, don't quote me on this, I think he went back to the college ranks somewhere. Okay. Uh, maybe even his alma mater, Wisconsin. I, again, I want to double check on that and, and, and maybe inform yeah, you otherwise later. But I know. No, no. I've heard of Hill Murray football. So. Yep, yep, yep. Bursich, he, he was coaching there. So for him, I mean, that was maybe his cool. biggest win as head coach. So they beat Hastings seven six. Raiders had, you know, they owned the game between the tens. I mean, not just you know you hear between the thirties or whatever. Sure. The Raiders ran the ball up and down the field. They couldn't score. Uh, Hastings starting kicker has been out since opening day. Uh, he injured himself in pregame warmups. And uh, and he's been out since, and, and you know the kicking game has struggled. And, and the Raiders in a seven-six yeah. game, a missed extra point and two missed field goals from thirty in, uh, those were those were the game. And then Park, you know they they got they got shellacked by one of the best teams in four anyway in Matamidi forty-two fourteen. But uh, yeah. they had an opening win opening week against Simley, and Simley's a team the Raiders will play uh, week four in in, in our uh, final game of the first half of the season at home and. And that's a very tough ball club. So Park and Hastings have both played two very tough football games. Park's probably going to try to spread Hastings out a little bit because they have some athletes. A guy like Grant Glazier, who is a quarterback, wide receiver, hybrid, can kind of do a little bit of both things. Uh, it would be interesting to see uh, what his father and coach Darren Glazer, and he is a Hastings alum, by the way, uh, how how oh, they cool. uh, how they manage things offensively tomorrow night. Because if if Park can hang with Hastings defensively and keep the Raiders off the board, as teams kind of have this year, Raiders have only scored 19 points, although uh, rushing for over 500 yards in two games, they've only got. Uh, a total of, of 19 points. So if the Raiders can score a few points, wow. it, but you know, you know, and play their defense, they're going to be fine. But if Park can hang with them, score a couple of touchdowns. Like I said, Core, this might be one of the more entertaining football games for either uh, Hastings or Park, especially in the first half, if not the whole season. So that should be a lot of fun tomorrow night. Is it at Hastings or at Park? At Wolfpack Stadium. It's going to be in Cottage Grove. Uh, last okay. time we played up at Park four years ago, 
the Raiders got just shellacked. Uh, big, tall, six-four receiver Jeb Melson had, I think, three touchdowns in that game. And uh, ever since then, uh, the, the Raiders have not seen them because of different sections. Uh, Hastings moved to the Metro East Conference. Park is in the Suburban sure. East Conference. There's no St. Paul Suburban. hasn't been for a while. Uh, so uh, now that we're in the same section, we're now also in the same football district, which is now what they call the conference side of football, which is weird, and that's a whole other show that we need about four <laughs> more hours and about 12 more yeah, beers for. Good. But Yeah, but, but yeah, it's, it's going to be fun. Like I said, Friday night under the lights at, at anybody's stadium is great, but uh, for, for, for me and, and for, for, for many others from, from this town, uh, you know, Park and Hastings, nothing better than that up there tomorrow night. Yeah, and and Park Stadium, I I have been I have been there since the AstroTurf was installed, but it's been more than a few years, and I always I always love just if I'm driving on 61, seeing Hastings Stadium, it's it's just beautiful, kind of almost <laughs> below below the highway level. It's 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 fun right. to get involved in in that activity and 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 cheer on your your local team. Um, what 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 is a normal day like for you? where you work, I guess I, w- I wanted to ask that, like, I know you, you oh. cover a lot of sports where you are, but like, are you, do, do you get more than about 45 minutes of sleep at night or, or what is that like? Like, what is a, what is a normal work day like for you? Well, it, it depends on the year. I a lot of times what I, what I do is I, is I tell friends and family that don't know what I do is that my schedule is very similar to a teacher slash coach in high school, if that makes any sense to you. Sure. Because yep. from fall That was my mom, through, my mother-in-law, most of my family, I understand. <laughs> exactly. You, you, you know, you, you come from an, yeah, that kind of an educational background. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. So from school year, from, you know, for me, from August 15th until about June 15th, I, I, I'm pretty well booked up with time. And, and I'll get to that in a minute. From June fifteenth till August fifteenth, my schedule is 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 cut probably into like a fifth of what I do. And the reason I say that is because usually Monday through Friday, what I'm doing is in the morning, I come in, I get an interview over the phone, kind of like we're doing right now, over the phone stuff. I sure. I, I record it into an Adobe Audition or or something, you know, some other program that we have at the at the studio, whether it be an Audacity or something like that, and, and then uh, mix everything down, you know, uh, p- put it into a, a, an update by about you know noon, one o'clock, so they start rolling you know, right around drive time when people get off. And then our, our updates roll for 24 hours each day from about 4 p.m. to 4 p.m., right? So each day okay. I do about a 10-minute 10, 10 sportscast, and that takes about two to three hours of my time, depending on how busy certain coaches are. You know, some coaches have prep certain yeah. hours. Some coaches can't talk to you until after school. Then you're really in a pickle because you got to wait later in the day, and your day gets stretched out, and you find other things to do. Or, or I'll go home for two hours, and I'll, I'll play with my son i'll go pick him up from grandma's come mm-hmm. home play with him for a while and and then bring him back to grandma's go back to another interview so during the school year sometimes it gets a little crazy and then and then you get to you know fall and winter all of our games are at seven o'clock so you know i'll go home from the office about four say hi to the wife and son give them a kiss and a hug mm-hmm. have maybe a little bit of dinner or a snack and then i'm out to an arena or a field or something by 5.30 so I have enough prep time to get ready for a 7 o'clock kick and for football, 6.05 pregame. So, you know, f- f- Friday's like tomorrow. Corey, I'm going to tell you this right now. When I get up in the morning, 
I know what's going to happen from the time I open my eyes till the time I shut them again. My, my, my mind has been programmed for now 16 seasons of this, and I absolutely love it. I relish it. I wouldn't have it any other way. I have my way of preparing for games, you know, head to toe. I know what I'm, you know, it's so much fun. That's why I love doing this stuff. I, I love prep work. I love anything like that. It's just awesome. And then, uh, so yeah, so, so Monday through Friday, I'm doing games and, and, and doing my prep work and everything else. I'm doing my daily news and sports. I'm updating the, uh, the, the website at kdwa.com. I'm, I do some Twitter and some Facebook posting stuff, you know, that a lot of us now in media, you know, not a lot of the small town stations have a media uh, type of a guru. So a lot of us do our own social media <laughs> stuff. We kind of, we kind of tag team on that. Um, but then, you know, you have appearances and things like that where you, you know, you show up at a grand opening of this or you speak at the Kiwanis club or you go to do something, you know, with a group of kids or you go to a class and you speak and talk about what you do and what it takes to be a broadcast or whatever it might be. Um, things like that, you know, are always a lot of fun. But then Saturdays, uh, we do coaches shows. You know, we have a half-hour sit-in show with a coach in Hastings and then a coach in Prescott. We do them at 9 and noon every Saturday morning. Uh, so those are a lot of fun. And then Sundays are usually on the seventh day he rested, right? I mean, that's that, that's kind <laughs> of what it ends up being. And, 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 and frankly, it's funny because it's also on church day, which is nice. But but it's, uh, it, it's nice to, you know, have Sundays off. And when I played at the Coyotes, that was always – awesome because we, we we only played pretty much on Sundays so that always worked out well but even with the Coyotes sure. I was missing the missing the boy and, and the wife when I don't see him Monday through Friday and, or Saturday for some sometimes it's uh it becomes trying but but no it's it's fun I wouldn't have it any other way it, it, it is grueling yes it's crazy but when you get to summertime a lot of times Cora I'll go into the station it's a family-owned station I can bring my son with uh, I can edit with That's my cool. son there. He behaves himself. He knows everybody. They treat him like family, like he's one of their kids or grandkids. So I, I go in for two hours or so because I have amateur baseball coaches that have real jobs that, you know, they're not hour to hour, you know, I mean, I'll say real jobs because teachers have some of the toughest, hardest jobs ever, but you know what I mean? Not hourly Agreed. where they're waiting yep. for a certain class to get over. Um, yep. So, so it, I, you know, they could take a, a, a quote unquote smoke break at any time to talk to me mm-hmm. for 10 minutes. So, it's easy during the summer. I go in, I get my stuff done. I get out. There's no games at night. My boss is the best guy in the world, Dan Massman. If you're listening to this, um, yes, I am kissing <laughs> backside a little bit, but no, he, he, he knows this. I've told him this for years that he gives me the, the freedom during the summertime to not broadcast games during the summer because I'm blowing my voice out from fall through spring. <laughs> He says summer's time to kind of chill out. And so we hire out. We we have some people that, that do a tremendous job. Joe Kolar, Matt Liefeld, uh, Ed Valencia over the years, Todd Gumbelson, some of those guys that were just tremendous voices that, that fill in during the summer and do those Mud Hens games and the Hawks games and whatever else we do. So summer's a great time, buddy. I really have a lot of fun because I get to hang out and play with my my son and my wife, you know, she's just, she's just awesome and deals with, you know, everything, you know, in the house when I'm, when I'm doing my job uh, during the, you know, school year. So I couldn't do it without them. I'll tell you that much. If it wasn't for those, those two, uh, there's no way that, that I'd be able to do what I do at the frequency that I do for our communities here in Hastings and Prescott. So a lot of the credit's got to go to those, those, those two as well. And, and they're just absolutely awesome. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> That is, I'm, I'm, I know because of the work that you do. If you're happy at home, I know they're pretty amazing people. Your wife, she has to be. I, I don't know that I know her personally, but she has to be. But, um, 
one other que- one other question about this was I, I I I've talked to people who have called sports before. Is there a sport that you find easier to call than others? And then on the other side, is there a sport that you have a harder time where you maybe need to prep more for it to be able to call it correctly? Oh, I, let me just start with the hardest one first because I can give you a a one word answer, and I think a lot of you will realize how tough it is. Wrestling. <laughs> okay. Amateur high school wrestling is the toughest thing for me to broadcast. And even for people that know the sport, it's really hard to radiofy wrestling. You know, it, it's hard to get a good visual. You know, you, in, in radio, we're always taught to paint the picture. You know, you are the sure. eyes of the person listening. They're blind. They, they can't see. You have to create the picture. And when it comes to wrestling in certain holds, and, and some people don't know what a Granby is or, 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 or threading the needle or, or whatever it might be, or so, some of these moves that, you know, <laughs> the, the, the normal everyday person doesn't know, you know, it might turn them off or, or however it might be, or, you know, how else do you describe it? You know, do you, just, you know, he's got his wrist locked up, you know, he flips them over onto his back. I mean, do you be that particular or do you use the technical mm-hmm. terms it, it, in the wrestling community? There's really a, a, a very different look at that. I mean, some people would like somebody who's very seasoned in the technical terminology, and there's some people that want the excitement, and they just want to know what's going on, and they want to hear the mm-hmm. speed and the, out of, the, out of, the, out of the, the announcer's voice. And, and so, so that one, it really is tough, because I don't think there is a correct or incorrect way of doing it. I just think there's so many tastes to cater to, because of the sport, and, and, and like I said, I'll be the first to admit, I, I, I'm not Mr. Wrestling. I was a hockey player growing up. So, I mean, that was the same sure. season as, 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 as wrestling. And I didn't even get to do much but go to some of my buddies' meets. And at the time, I was asking, what was that? Or did he just win? Or, yeah. or what, you know. Why did he so, win So that, that took yeah. me. <laughs> right. And that took, yeah. if it wasn't for a lot of my buddies who wrestled back in the day, and, and, and Hastings head coach Josh McClay is one of them. He's a three-time state champion, and he's if it wasn't for guys like him and Paul Vite and some of these guys that, that know wrestling and, and took the time to, to describe things and work with me and invite me to practice, show me different things that that, that would help me bring the, the, the sport to life for those those folks that listen, I, I could never have done that. That's the toughest by far. <laughs> The, the, the okay. easiest, if you're to ask me, like like toughest to easiest, like easiest is probably probably baseball, just because you're telling stories. You know, it's easy to tell. Yeah. You know, a, a curveball, a breaking pitch, off speed delivery, whatever it might be, fastball at the belt buckle. That's easy stuff. But to be able to fill between pitches, to be able to fill between the time the ball goes out of play and the time the pitcher gets a new ball and is ready to pitch again, and you got to fill that time. I like that because you get to tell stories. Uh-huh. That isn't just about telling the game. You're telling stories. You're getting into historical things that, you know, you dug up over the years and, and things you think would be just worthless information that all of a sudden that particular worthless information that you worked so hard to scoop up and find seven years ago finally shows up and you get to use it in a broadcast. I mean, stuff like that. It's, it's just awesome, man. And, and to see, Things like, I mean, Hastings a couple of years ago, they, they, they were down 13-1 to 1 to, to St. Thomas Academy, came all the way back and beat them 14-13 in 10 innings. I mean, it, <laughs> there, it's just things like that. I mean, there's nothing better than seeing a walk-off win. And we talked about earlier in the show with the, the Eddie Rosario home run 
uh, the other mm-hmm. night. I mean, stuff like that's awesome. My, but my favorite, I mean, I really love football. There's nothing better than Friday nights, but you only get eight to 10 to maybe 11, 12 games if you're lucky, you know? So mm-hmm. I love it, but it's, it's, it's so intense. It's so fast. It's so competitive. I mean, there's just so much about it. that's so hard hitting like the game really is that, it seems like it comes and goes fast and you don't really get to take it in. So, so with that, I'll say that my, my favorite sport to actually broadcast is hockey because I grew up playing the game. Okay. I know the, that that's the game. I know the best. It's a game. I live, I breathe. I do love baseball. I do breathe baseball. But as you know, during the winter time when my wild and my gophers are on or my Raiders are playing <laughs> especially well, I'm the first one to be uh, to throwing out the blue and gold stuff all over the place and telling everybody how, how well my Raiders did against Park or, or Red Wing or whoever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, there's nothing better than, than, than puck and, and, and bringing the speed of the game and the excitement of the game. And that's one thing I think that if folks listen to me, they'll realize that you're not going to be bored when I, when you listen to one of my broadcasts, I, I can promise you that. I mean, that's, that's one thing for 15 years that I prided myself on is, is whether it's 10, nothing in a hockey game or, or it's, or it's six, five in overtime, you're going to have just as much fun and, and just as much excitement listening to the game as you would during either one of those times. And, and, and man, I'll tell you what hockey, you really get that uh, maybe not just out of me but just out of the situations that, that hockey brings and the physicality and the speed and the, the big goals and, and just the pretty nature that the game can bring uh, there's nothing better than puck uh, puck during the winter time so that that's what I'll have to go with lacrosse is fun uh, softball is really fun too for you know for baseball reasons too um, you know it, it, broadcasting soccer I mean being a soccer player that that's that's I don't want to say easy, but, you know, not a lot of people can, can broadcast a soccer game. I take a lot of pride in knowing the game well enough to, to put something out there for everybody. And yeah, gosh, man, I, I, I just, I love doing all of them, but if you're going to give me a, put a gun to my head and say, you pick one that you get to do for the rest of your life and that's it, it'd probably be puck. Okay. Yeah, I, I get that. I, I, I've always kind of thought at least from like, I love newer technology in the sense of like the mlb.com app to listen to mlb announcers across baseball and i I love like the toronto blue jays announcer and i forget his name right now but there's a few baseball announcers that are just amazing as far as their storytelling goes (laughs) like you say but like i i do kind of feel like and i'm i'm i didn't play hockey as a kid i i i i don't know as much about hockey as i probably should admit growing up in Minnesota, but I do feel like hockey announcers, if you're good at hockey announcing, um, just for me being a fan of the sport now, it, it seems like hockey announcing is is the one that if you're good at that, you can announce almost anything, and that's just my viewpoint. But um, where baseball, you can be great at baseball announcing if you're good at storytelling, like you said, if that makes oh, sense. The, the, that's how I kind the of view one guy it. Court. I'm sorry, buddy. No, you're fine. The, the, the one name that came to mind though is is Al Michaels, right? I mean, the, the yeah. 1980 Miracle on Ice. You know, you know, you don't think of Al Michaels always as a hockey announcer, but that I mean, me being born in 1980 and in, in the Miracle on Ice, kind of being being born into that era, 
in hearing the, the do you believe in miracles? Yes. And, and how cool that was mm-hmm. when, when he was able to do that. And, and he went on to Monday night football fame and, and we yep. listened to him and watched him every Monday night when we were growing up. And we knew that mm-hmm. voice. We still do. We still know that voice of mm-hmm. Al Michaels. And he went on not just to do hockey and to be a terrific hockey voice, but he did a lot of different sports that people don't know about boxing, tennis, things like that. And then, and, and then going on to, to be an Olympic announcer to host yep. some of the, the, the actual in-studio shows. And, and he did a lot of different Olympic venue settings afterwards, even things like bobsledding. And he just had the voice that he could do that kind of stuff. And, and to me, he is one of my absolute favorites. And, and if I wasn't already 37 and, 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 and <laughs> I don't want to say past my prime of wanting to do something else, if you will, but, you know, to, to get into doing a, Olympic broadcasting some way, somehow, if, if I could still have a dream at 37 i think that would be it to, to be able to do some sort of an olympic broadcast whether it be something crazy as curling or or water polo or something i mean if you can make like you said if you can make hockey sound fun and exciting crazy you know bring the action to you something like that would be a terrific challenge that someday Corey, that would be fun to maybe get a shot at somehow some way doing that well, I, I might have an opportunity for you. Not that people want to listen, but my wife has, has uh, been in curling for the past four or five years, and she's pretty good at it. And I'm going to – I'm officially trying my hand now this this upcoming year <laughs> at curling. It's I, I feel like my yes. shoulder's kind of given out as far as baseball, so curling is going to be the next venture as far as a uh, semi-team sport that I'm going to – that I'm going to go towards. So you need to come and call uh, curling matches that I'm going to be a part of, but it is a sport that I'm, I'm certain you could give a certain color to that. Maybe, maybe it needs. <laughs> I, I, I've heard that, that beer and hamburgers go very well with curling. So, so that, that sounds like something that I could probably get into whether I'm wearing a headset uh, with a mic in front of me or not, uh, I envy you just just going out and doing it, and envy your wife for doing it for the years that she has because that's a sport that I just think would be a lot of fun just to kick back and uh, spread the hucks with the boys, if you know what I mean, and uh, and, and, and yep. do a little fun like that. So I, I, I'm jealous of both of you two, no no doubt about that. <laughs> well, well, uh, you said beers and burgers. Beer, as far as I understand, is written into the bylaws of curling as far as the team that wins. The match has to buy the first round when you're hanging out after the match. I just always thought that was kind of cool. Well, we we better start practicing then, because otherwise our beer tap's going to be pretty high at whatever curling club you're going to be playing at. You might as well get it on ice. Might as well keep a card on hand, too. Better start the tab before the season even starts. (laughs) That's right. No, but the the winning team buys the first round. So really, in a lot of senses, you're new to the game. You're you're kind of oh. set for at least the first round after the match. The winning team buys the first round. I, I, I oh. that's how it's set at the uh, Frog Town in St. Paul Curling Club that I'm I'm now a member of. <laughs> well, that's even better. That's even better. Yeah, just just, just go in and struggle and see if you can score a beer. That's that's even better. Better. Uh, better Why not? Idea how to get this? <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I had a few other questions. I feel like I feel like um, our podcast could go another six hours here, but um, I, I had a couple other questions, and I think one other that I just wanted to ask you before um, 
it's only scheduled for an hour, and I know you you have your time, and 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 um, I don't want to keep you too long, but I'd love to schedule another time. But the last question I had for you here, at least before we we call it a night um, for now, is uh, I I I typically like to ask people on the show maybe about this might not be a good short answer, but your your baseball origin story as far as like do you have a role model or somebody you looked up to when you were three, four, five years old as to why you wanted to start to love baseball? And if you could give that answer, that would be a great end to the show here and we can schedule another time. Well, I, I, I really would like to, I don't want it to be a cliche to answer. I really hope it's not being, I, and I hope that whatever rambling I go on here um, makes sense to some of you folks out there. Cause I know many of you that are listening have the same role model or a very similar story as I have. But, um, but I, I got into baseball when I was probably about five years old, you know, just because, you know, parents asked, do you want to be, you know, do you want to play baseball or you want to do something? I said, yeah, you know, I want to play baseball. But first couple of years went, came and went and whatever. But, you know, my second year playing or third year playing baseball, um, my dad came home and I, and I remember this really vividly because I, I love spaghetti. And there's nothing better than when dad made spaghetti and, sure. you know, nothing against mom's spaghetti, but when dad made spaghetti, you know, usually, usually if it <laughs> meant a, a something was up and, 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 and that was always the first thing, but but B we were going to eat good uh, for sure. And, and, and while he was making spaghetti, he, he said, he, you know, can, can you come over here and help me with, with, with the spaghetti here or whatever. And I, and I went over there and, and I said, he said, can you grab that? You know, I think it was like a baby's box of spaghetti or something. And I, and I lifted it up and under there was two twins tickets to that night's twins Indians game. And that year happened to be the year that the twins won the world series in 1987. And, and we were able to go sure. to a, a game, a weekday game. It was against the Cleveland Indians and Burt Blylevin was pitching for the Minnesota Twins, and 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 you know all of you know who Burt Blylevin is by now, and and he mm-hmm. just threw an amazing game, and and the guy in front of me, and, and it's just weird because I had so much fun with my dad all night long. You know, you had the the the, the popcorn, the Cracker Jacks, the hot dogs, the pop. You know, you're you're, you're just fueled by sugar. Mm-hmm. And there was this guy <laughs> in front of me who, after every pitch, was all right, Bert, come on, Bert, here we go, Bert. And, you know, me being seven, I thought that was cool. You know, you could do that at the ball game. You're supposed to do that, you know. So me and this old guy were, hey, Bert, here, let's go. You know, and I had such a fun seven-year-old kid, and I'm just having a blast with this old guy, and my dad's encouraging me to get into it and all that. And I had a blast. You know, the Twins won. Mm-hmm. But but that wasn't that wasn't the fun part. It was the, it was the fun stuff that my dad and this guy and I never got his name. He was a big big man and just had that booming voice. And hey Bert, come on Bert. Every, you know every other every other pitch. You know it was something Bert. You know and 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 just sure. I just lo- fell in love with Bert Blylevin. I fell in love with the game. I fell in love with being in that in that in that indoor the artificial facility. The smell, I, you you know that smell in the dome, right? Yep. I mean that's that 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 that, yep. that that carpet smell. I mean, I fell in love with it. Nine innings of baseball, and I fell in love with that building, that team with Burt Blylevin, uh, with Kirby Puckett. I, I learned who Julio Franco was because Julio Franco, for those of you folks that that, that didn't follow baseball, especially in the '80s, Julio Franco had this big. I mean, he. he 
when he his stance, his bat would be he yep. would be his like his hips would be cocked and he would bring his bat over his head and he'd wonder how he swings. And, and every time Franco came to the plate, I was asking my dad and the dude in front of me and we're going, why does he, what is he, how does he hit the ball like that? And how does he, so not only did I fall in love with, with, with Burp Lila and the twins, but I fell in love with Julio Franco in, in every game sure. that we play the, the Indians on TV. I always wanted to find the funny guy who batted weird. And I found out eventually his name was Julio Franco because the, uh, the the program my dad bought for me that night had the rosters of both teams and 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 the pictures of the guys and 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 by the time you knew it by the end of that week I knew who all the guys were on both teams and and anybody who knows the game knows that we all had that moment where it clicked where mm-hmm. something about the game the you saw the faces you saw the actual men swinging the bats throwing the ball. You know, you know, driving in the runs. You know, the first time you see that, there's that magical experience where you never want to have life without that game again. And that was my my night was being able to come home, you know, with my dad, holding that rolled up program, you know, belly full of all sorts of dome goodies, and 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 to see my dad as happy and proud as anybody, just knowing that he just got his oldest son into the greatest game ever. You know, nothing better than that. And then the funniest thing about it, if my dad's listening to it, he'll probably chuckle, and he, he's probably laughing right now because he knows <laughs> I'm going to mention it, is that uh, that night I, I was I was so excited about what just went on that I was talking to my dad and I was looking around the Minneapolis skyline because being a little dude from Hastings, you know, population at the time, mm-hmm. 12,000, that was small town, big town, whatever. I go up to uh, Minneapolis and I'm looking around and I was so mystified by what all these big buildings were that I ran right into a parking sure. meter uh, face first. <laughs> and I ended up with uh, awesome. the biggest welt under my eye that you'd ever uh, mentioned. And I ended up getting the, the nickname slugger from our bus driver because he, he was uh, telling everybody that I got hit in the head at a, at a, at a, at a twins game with a baseball bat to make it sound good. So <laughs> to make a long story longer, awesome. uh, that was, that was my first real big baseball experience. And that's kind of how I fell in love with the game, kind of a weird story, but uh, the kind of one that everybody seems to have. So that's, sure. uh, that's really how I got in love with the game. No, thank you for sharing. That's awesome. That's a great story. Do you do you have like a ticket stub or or that program still from that game just to remember that one? Because that's like that's a great memory to have. You, you know what? For years, Corey, I did. I, I I had both. The ticket disappeared fairly early, but the program okay. I had for years, and I would read it. You know, I, I kept it with all of the, you know, the little little books you'd get when you're in a tournament or whatever that had all the rosters with you that you played it. I always yeah. kept it with all my rosters of when I played at a hockey or a baseball tournament. I was kept with those books. And somewhere in one of our moves, of course, you know, something weird like that happens and they disappear forever. And but I had a yep. man core. I had it probably tells in my teens at least because that's when we moved into our new house in Hastings. And sure, I really think that's probably when we, we when 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 I lost it, but. No, I mean I just just the stories, especially talking about running uh, face first, eye first into a parking meter. Uh, there's, there's no there's no other way to uh, no no funnier way to introduce uh, what twins baseball means to a guy than uh, than telling the end of that story for sure. Absolutely. Well, yeah. Uh, thank you for that. I I want to I want to continue talking for the next four hours, but I my body tells me I I should not, but. Thank you for joining me. This has been awesome. I've loved hearing you, uh, hearing us uh, just chat together. Um, 
if one more time before before we end, can you say uh, for the listeners who you are and how they can find you and 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 where you work, just just so that's on the record. Corey, first of all, I, I just want to extend a, 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 a thank you to you for, for allowing me to do it and to still accept my my uh, my, my voice on the air a couple of minutes later than, than it should have been. But um, but but thank you. And if you ever need a bullpen arm, I mean, I've been a bullpen arm my whole life. I might as well do it again on, on the podcast. So if you ever need a guy, I'll put that out there right now that I can fill in at last moment. I definitely will. But uh, Nick Tuckner, I'm, I'm the sports director at KDWA Radio AM 1460 and 97.7 FM. Um, again, uh, all sorts of sports all the time. Hastings, Prescott, Wisconsin. Uh, you can definitely listen anytime. And, and like I said, Corey, I just appreciate you for uh, for taking the time to want to talk to me, take the interest in in what I do and in what we do uh, down here in Hastings and Prescott, and and to talk about baseball and the game we all love. Man, you do a great thing. And and there's a uh, the, we need more guys like you that are are willing to to talk about the game and and continue to to make the best game on earth uh, even that much more great. So so thanks to you, buddy, and and I appreciate you uh, reaching out and, and asking me to be a part of this. Well, uh, be careful what you wish for, because I think I will be asking you to chat again. Um, and I, I do, I promise you, I want to uh, m- maybe November, December, or even October, sometime when you're free. I, kn- I know just personally for me, I'm I'm busy the next couple of weeks, but I would love to buy you a beer and just, and, and, and catch up in person. That would be a lot better than over the phone. But let's, 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 um, let's plan a podcast time again at some point, and then let's catch up. It'd be, it'd be really nice to see you. So I, 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 I want to throw that out there. So. As soon as soon as the Raiders win a state football championship here coming up in October, we'll do it up. How's that sound? <laughs> that sounds good. <laughs> let's plan that. Uh, I'll be for that. I'll be a, I'll be a Hastings fan um, to be able to do that. That sounds good to me. Not that I'm anti Hastings. I'm not saying that, but I, I grew up in Cottage Grove. So I, I feel like, I feel like I have to, say that for some lines, but I haven't followed high school football, at least for my high school for a year. So maybe I should at least for tomorrow be that, that fan. <laughs> well, good luck to your squad. Maybe I just, I just, I just said that with, uh, with, with crossed fingers behind my back. So yep. we'll, uh, we'll As see how should. that goes. That's fair. That's very fair. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I would expect I'm sure nothing, we'll, I'm sure... nothing more or less. So. I'm sure we'll tweet about it during the game tomorrow. If I'm pouting or smiling ear to ear, I'm sure I'll, I'll get something in my inbox about halftime, either telling me to pull it together or to enjoy the second half. One of the two, and I'm sure it's going to be the guy I'm talking to right now. So hopefully we have some <laughs> yeah. fun with it. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good to me. Well, yeah, uh, I guess. So the one last time, thank you to Nick Tucker for Nick Tuckner for joining me. And this is baseball is good. I hope everyone has a good night. Thank you, Nick. See you later. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.